Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello there, everyone. Hey again, thanks so much for popping in here for uh, this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show. Yeah getting the promises of God into the people of God. I'm always so thankful for every single listener and every single download. And, um, you know, I hope that you are getting bolder in your belief that God's promises are true for you, my friend, because you know what? Guess what? They really, truly, certainly, surely are true for you. Your name has not been misplaced and your God has not forgotten about you. Nope. No, sorry, he has not. Okay, today... I am going to read um, a few, several, uh, maybe not a whole bunch, but several verses and just sort of do what it is that I do, which is usually to get kind of excited about God's word. You know, it's like the, anybody remember this? I'm here to pump you up. Anybody? Anybody old enough for that? Yeah, it's probably not. That's okay. It's okay. Uh, So here's the plan for episode 64 of the Burt Not Ernie show. Uh, I'm just really going to speak God's living and active word over you today. And then I'm going to stress, you know, think about grammar. Go back to grammar in your mind real quick. And if you hated it, sorry for the horrible traumatic flashback, but go back to grammar and think about like the stress marks. They tell you which part of a word to stress, to emphasize in order to come up with a correct pronunciation, right? Well, I kind of hope to stress some stuff and to pronounce some things correctly over your life today, over my life too. Uh, Let's just see what God has in store for us because God's good, God's word is good. And so this is gonna be a good day, right? To emphasize, emphasize what could use some emphasizing right about now. Okay, so let's get after this thing, shall we? First of all, we're gonna be in the Old Testament. Let's look at what Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says. And, you know, right off the bat, you're probably like, oh yeah, Jeremiah 29, 11. Yep, just two verses down, uh, two doors down or whatever you want to call it. So as I read, would you sort of listen for the promise? Listen for the promise. I, I have found that for me personally, when I am really looking for, kind of searching for, listening for a promise from God's word, yeah, I find one. I find one. So as I read, just be sure to hear what the Lord God Almighty the one who was and who is and who is to come, the King of Kings, the Lord of all lords, what he has to say to you today. Just listen while I read. Jeremiah 29, 11 from the Amplified. Then with deep longing, with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I'm going to read that one more time. I just think somebody needs to hear it one more time today. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. Then with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. What a beautiful 
and really just very comforting verse. It almost seems to kind of like usher in a cool and gentle wind of peacefulness. I really find so much comfort in this verse. And hope, hope is here too. It's like, to me anyway, this verse seems to be saying, there's a way, there is a way, there is a path, and I will be with you step by step. It encourages me to be about the business of talking to him, to my God, step by step by step through the current thing that I'm not at all liking. Anybody got a current thing in their life? That thing, that thing over there. I don't like that thing right now. Yeah. Anybody got a thing that they don't like right now, but that they can maybe just say, you know what? I'm just going to grab hold of this verse and I'm going to trust the Lord and walk it step by step with him and believe him for a really good result that's that's far less than maybe what the world says the result should be. Okay. So like far less brutal, far less, not like you get less, but like the the brutality, the brunt force is less than maybe what you think it ought to be. Okay, so what does that verse mean to you today? God has good for you. That much, that much I know for certain and for true. I don't know the whole dealio that you're going through right now, but I know that I know that I know that I know God has good for you. All right, next let's look at um, Psalm 86, verse 5, also from the Amplified. And it says this, Psalm 86, 5, For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive our sins, sending them away, completely letting them go forever and ever, and abundant in loving kindness and overflowing in mercy to all those who call upon you. This verse, it's like one long hope-filled string of words. Let's look at it again and think of it as one long hope-filled series of words, all strung together perfectly just for you. For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive our sins, sending them away, completely letting them go forever and ever, and abundant in loving kindness and overflowing mercy to all who call upon you, and overflowing in mercy to all who call upon you. Sorry about that. I skipped a word. Okay, so are you sensing God's goodness Are you hearing these words and just reminded that God is good and that when we stand in prayer about something, not not flailing around, crying, freaking out. Now, sometimes we're going to pray like that. Life's going to hit us fast and furious and it's going to be like we got sucker punched by the devil and we're praying uh, from a, a wreck place, like you're wrecked. That's okay. But when we're standing in prayer, like dug in, like, nope, I know who my God is. He's good. And boy, I'm going to be praying. I'm standing in prayer. I'm not sitting down on the job on this one. I'm going to stand. And when I've done everything else, as the apostle Paul wrote, having done all else to continue to stand, when you're standing in prayer about something, whenever we lean in and we see a promise that God's made to us, we do really well to remember how good God is. And to remember that he cannot, cannot be any less good. He cannot be anything but good. Our God is good always and in all ways. Our God is good always and he is good in all ways. Yeah, I had to say that again because you know I was going to say that once more because I had to, right? I just want you to get the goodness of God from this verse and to realize that goodness is for you right now. So this verse... um it means a lot, doesn't it? I hope you can be thinking, like I said earlier, about what it means to you personally. Don't just, don't just take my word for it. You know, God wants something 
special to be impressed upon you today as a, as a result of hearing his word. He really does. That's always true. And so, of course, it's true for right now today. Um, and God is ready to forgive our sins. God is ready to forgive. He is standing right now at the ready to forgive. Yeah. Do you think it's possible that we could ever really fully understand just how amazing, how incredibly awesome that is? When God forgives, he sends our sins away. He sends them away. He completely lets them go forever and ever, forever, for real. That is your promise today. Do you maybe, do you need a new start? Guess what? God's offering it to you right here. This verse proves it. Just ask for his forgiveness about that thing or those things, if there's more than one, and he will give it. If you are in Christ, if you know God's son, Jesus personally, and uh, whatever you ask for to be forgiven, it's going to be sent away, let go of completely forever and ever. Uh, How's that for a promise? That's a big deal. Big time. Capital B, capital T, big time. Um, you know, this is, an, and that's just half of what this verse, Psalm 86, verse 5, offers us. That's half of one verse of all the verses in the Bible. Do you see how if you're just looking for a promise from God, man, I'm, I tell you what, I promise if you look for God's promise, you're going to find it when you open his word. That's one half of one verse. Incredible. Okay, so what's the second half? Dun, dun, dun. God is always abundant in loving kindness. That's the second part. Can you let that sink in for a second? Think of that word abundant. Think about what abundant means. Either think of the definition of abundant or think about something that, um, think about like, just abundance, something in abundance, whether you've experienced it or just your ideal dream. It could be, you know, what is it in the, in the, the tangled movie, you know, um, surrounded by enormous piles of money, your dream stinks, you know, that like, think of what it like, that's abundance that, you know, not that your dream stinks part, but the surrounded by enormous piles of money for some people, that's what they have to envision for abundance. So get your picture of abundance for some people. It's like the world's biggest banana split, whatever it might be. Okay. Some people would love to have a four-week vacation to somewhere warm and sunny. Okay, whatever it is, abundant, abundant, abundant. Got it? Okay, now I want you to also think about the word loving kindness. Loving kindness. What does that mean? What does that mean like to you? I'm not saying redefine God's word per your own standard, but don't just think of like, yeah, yeah, I know what that means. Think of something like when someone acted in total loving kindness toward you. And you know, there was nothing else anchored to it. I mean, I had one time where there was, I can think of, think of an opposite if you need to. I had one situation where someone came up to me and they uh, said something about, um, you know, well, uh, my mama just died and it was just seemed so sincere. And they asked how I was doing. And before I could even answer them, they rolled right into, Hey, I got this problem. Can you fix it real quick for me? Like, can you take care of that? And it was like, I was so startled by, wow, my my mom hasn't even been at dead like a, a a week. And this is what is going on here? Like what? Like it was really weird. Like I thought it was so sincere. And then it switched to this. Hey, can you take care of this for me? It threw me. So for me, when I think of loving kindness, sometimes I have to think of the opposite. That was like, whoa, no, no. But real loving kindness would be the exact opposite. Whatever I could do for somebody or help them out with or whatever their need was they they wanted me to meet in that moment would be the farthest thing from their mind because they just wanted to genuinely convey to me that they felt for me in my difficult time. So think of loving kindness, right? Now put them together. 
Now let's put both those words together. Abundant loving kindness. And it also says that um, God is overflowing. Yeah, I said overflowing in mercy. Overflowing in mercy to all. This is huge, folks. In addition to abundant loving kindness, God is overflowing. It can't be stopped. It's more than can be contained. He doesn't stop like, you know, when it gets to the brim, you know, he's like a little kid pouring a glass of apple juice and the first couple times a toddler pours, or maybe more than the first couple, they can like overflow the glass, right? That's why moms pour it for them. Uh, Overflowing. They want it right to the tippy top. And then sometimes it just pours over. That's what God's doing. He's just pouring it over, overflowing in what? Mercy, mercy to all. And what is it that all means? Oh yeah, all means all. And it cannot mean some. It does not mean partial. All does not mean a little bit. All does not mean most. It has to mean all, right? All, all who call upon him. So if you're calling upon him, you're going to get his mercy and he's going to be abundant in his loving kindness. And not only is it just some mercy, it's overflowing mercy. This is a big deal kind of a verse. And in case you forgot the reference, Psalm 86, verse five, um, you know, look it up and write it down. It's so good. It's worth memorizing. Maybe I'll make this my, my verse for next week for uh, memorize it Monday that it's, it's worth memorizing. Is it not? Okay. Now, um, now make sure you're making these promises your very own today. Cause that's, that's who they're for. They're not just for me talking to myself. They're for you. Make them your own. They are yours. So treat them like they're your own. They've been gifted to you from the God of the universe. So treat them as such, right? They're yours. Now I'm going to read one more verse with a promise. And then I'm going to share another verse from the New Testament book of Luke that I read um, this week in my uh, quiet time. And I had this big aha moment where the Lord just showed me something. And, you know, I think I've said this before, and it's worth saying again, we need to get good at being the body of Christ to the body of Christ. You know, a verse that I share could really make the difference to somebody this week. I do hear things like that now and then where it really made an impact and it was just the word that they needed from God's word, not from me, from God's word at just the right time. It made a difference. God's word can do that when you share it too. So when I talk about things like I learned this in my Bible study time or whatever, um, I just I just want to remind you that you can make all the difference for somebody like right now, this very week, something you read in your own personal Bible study time. It could be a deal breaker when you mention it during like your, your small group one week or something. Right. So, uh, you know, that's why I share like I do. If you study Paul's final letter, the, his last penned, his last written words before his death, which by the way, in case you haven't thought about it in a while, Paul was beheaded by the Romans for Jesus. Let's remember that's how Paul died. Like, let's think about that. It was what we sometimes say before he died. And then, you know, we look, it was, it was, it was gruesome and gory and he paid a big price to be a follower of Jesus. So, but Paul, he makes some very key points in that letter. Second Timothy is the name of that letter. And it's toward the very tail end, the rear of the New Testament in your Bible. It's really good stuff to be reading and praying about in our current day and age, you know, where we find ourselves living, uh, which is not by accident. We were born at this time. God knew what he was doing. So this is a great book to study for the right now time that you were born in, that I was born in. Second Timothy, um, you know, look, I'm and I'm not talking about when I say our current day and age, I'm not talking about my politics or your politics, although 
I sure could, but I promise I'm not. I'm talking about the church, people who love and serve and follow Jesus. Things for the church are heating up. Uh, And what was stated in 2 Timothy, what Paul said would happen, is in fact happening all around us and for some of us to us. So it's good. It's a good book to read and pray. Read and pray while you read it. It's for right now, so it's very timely. And one really big takeaway, I'm bringing this back around to my original point, promise. One big takeaway from Paul's letter for me, and hopefully for lots of us, for many of us who are believers, is to encourage and shore up and pray for and bless and love other believers. Share verses. Just be the church to the church, to one another. So let's do that. Let's do that for each other. Man, it it makes a world of difference, doesn't it? And Acts 2.18 is the verse I'm going to share um, with a promise for us today. And again, reading from the Amplified, and it says, even on my, and this is God speaking, so capital M on the my, even on my bond servants, both men and women, I will in those days pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Okay, so this episode 64 of the Burton Not Ernie Show, it's not really about defining Um, men's and women's roles in the church, or what does it mean to prophesy in this day and age? Like, it's really, this episode is a focus on finding promises for us that will encourage us today. And here is the promise that I really, really, really want to encourage you with today. Like I said, uh, referencing Paul's letter in 2 Timothy, be the church to the church. Sometimes we are the church to people around us who are lost, and we need to be that. We need to be that, no doubt. But we can pretty easily forget to be the church to the church and even be the church to the church in your home, to your husband, to your kids. You know what I'm saying? Your family. Be the church to the church. So this verse, Acts 2.18, here's here's how I really want to encourage you today. Whether you're a male or female, God has a place for you, a place where you fit. And in that place, you can do what he has called and equipped you to do. And you can expect, you can expect to bear fruit, spiritual fruit that will last. Be bonded to Jesus. Be his bondservant. Just day by day, be his bondservant. And I tell you what, I would really have a hard time believing that he's not ever, ever, ever going to just pour out his spirit on you and on your life in profound ways. Yes, you have the Holy Spirit when you come to Christ, but um, this says he's going to pour it out, this verse says. So I'm I'm believing that uh, if you will just live day by day as a bondservant to Christ, he will pour it out. He will lead and guide you. That's what it looks like when the Holy Spirit's poured down on you. He leads you. He guides you. He shows you real world things to do and the right words to say at the right time that are going to bless and encourage and make a real tangible, actual difference in the lives of people. Sometimes your words are going to be ones that that you wouldn't normally say, but they might be like, well, that, oh, okay, the Lord wants me to say this. Oh, it seems a little harsh. And later you find out that's exactly what they needed at that moment to kind of wake them up and move them in a direction God wanted them to move. Um, I'm not saying run around and get all snarky and nasty with people, but I'm saying let him lead you and he will. He wants to lead you. The Holy Spirit is so good. He is God and he is good. Um, So like we should make a real tangible, actual difference in the lives of people when we are spirit led, right? And the Lord can do that. The Holy Spirit can do that in the grocery store, in line at a theme park, via a text you send, on a Facebook Live that you're bold enough to do, um, at your workplace, on a Zoom call, in your front yard, with the kiddo who zips around on his bike in big circles and loops every evening. God will pour out on you for what reason? Well, 
it tells us. Acts 2.18 says to prophesy. So we can trust that his pouring out is not for us to bottle up, right? Like I said, I'm not going to talk about what it means to be a modern day prophet or, or, you know, I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying if it says it was, I will pour, I will in those days pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. So he's going to pour it out, not for us to hang on to, to store up, to hoard, to bottle up, hang on to, to be selfish with and say, mine. No, he's going to pour it out for us to share it. So let's share it, spread it around like confetti, and hopefully it will stick like glitter. I don't really like the way that glitter sticks, but I do love the thought of God's encouragement and God's word sticking, sticking around, sticking the way glitter tends to stick around like forever, for years. All right. Now the verse from Luke that I read this week and kind of how it like it moved my needle. It moved my needle a little bit or uh, moved my needle a lot. Luke 12, 1. Part B, the second part of the verse, also in the Amplified, Jesus began speaking, first of all, to his disciples, be continually on your guard against the leaven of the Pharisees, that is their pervasive, corrupting influence and teaching, which is hypocrisy producing self-righteousness. You know how all of a sudden, in like an instant, you get this whole new idea, a fully formed understanding about something like, boom, there it is. Yeah, that's how this was for me. So um, I realized how easy it is to do this, to be pharisaical, a Pharisee, to have this corrupt and pervasive junk in my life by means of, um, okay, I'm going to use the word principle by means of my principles, not principal, principle, P-L-E in the end there, a principle. Christians can be described as people of principle. I'm a person of principle, like as a whole, from the outside looking in, you could describe us as those are people of principle. They're principled people, right? And you know, that doesn't sound so bad. What's wrong with that? To say I'm a principled person. Well, what comes next then? This is like the whole boom that that um, I just came to understand like all at once. Well, what comes next? So I'm a principled person. What comes after that? If I'm a person of principle, If that is what I say about me, if I say over myself, if I speak over myself, I am a person of principle. I live by my principles. I die by my principles. If I'm saying that, then suppose I'm living by principles and I'm governed by principles, right? Isn't that what comes next? I imagine that's the next result. I'm living by them. I'm being governed by those principles. And whoa there, uh, then I have those principles like sort of, they become law for me. If, if that makes sense, like if I'm governed by them, they've become law for me. And how can I be easily led by the Holy Spirit if I am primarily a person of these certain principles, do these things, which are usually good things, and that can end up becoming footings driven deep down underneath of the foundation of my life. And how deep are those footings, right? Am I willing to pray, talk to the Lord, just ask him to uproot any footings that are under my foundation that lend or tend to legalism, Phariseeism, which is lack of freedom. And I, boy, I'm more sure than I ever have been. The longer I live, the more I study my Bible, the more I pray about, um, you know, the good works that God prepared in advance for me to do. I am just a freedom presenter by means of Jesus. I'm just pointing people to Jesus and talking about freedom. Freedom is my jam. So I guess it's not a surprise that the Lord would show me this, this verse through this verse about principles and how they can block freedom because they become like law and law is the opposite of 
the freedom that Jesus died to give us, that the Holy Spirit wants to just make a reality in our life more and more and more every day. So now a bit more about what the Lord was showing me in my own life, our own, say, I'm going to talk about my own family circle, because honestly, you know, that's how it works in families. I am not an island. My husband is not an island. Neither are our children. We will impact and have influence on one another. That's how it goes. So one person's principles can stick kind of to the whole bunch, you know, like, what if the principles being held on to? What if being true to my principles? Seriously, listen to those words. Saying them is basically coming into a sort of agreement, like a covenant with a particular set of regulations, and you're thereby eliminating freedom outside of those regulations. Really, that's what it is. If I say I'm being true to my principles, oh, man, Lord, help me, I need to be true to Jesus and, and uh, be spirit led and not be tied to my principles. I mean, I'm not saying they're not good things. I'm saying, boy, Satan will use something that's a really good thing to shut down freedom and make you a legalist every time. He will do it every time. If he has the opportunity, he will. So, and again, I'm mostly, I'm, this is what God showed me. I'm not lecturing anybody else. If I'm impassioned, it's because I saw something new um, when I looked in the mirror, which is God's word, and I said, Jesus, purge it. Holy Spirit, take it out. Father, deliver me from that. Thank you, Lord. You showed me. Now fix me. Heal me. Make me better. Change me. Make me more like Jesus. Okay, so all of that. If I, um, if I say I'm just being true to my principles, and then God wants to work and move to bless me in a way that maybe doesn't seem like it lines up easily with those principles, you know, with my personal mores, my own value system, my core beliefs. Well, we can pretty easily, I can pretty easily choose to go with my principles, with my own standard for doing life, for for what is right and wrong based on my principles. And I may not even give it a second thought. In fact, I probably won't. This all happened so fast. We don't even know it's happening. We don't even know it's happening. Okay, so that's a lot to think about. And I don't want to get any more preachy here or sound like I have on my judgy pants because, you know, what for me, when I when I feel like oh, I'm getting judgy people, I try to make myself stop and think my judgy pants don't fit me very well and they don't fit me very well for a reason. They're way too tight. And the reason they're way too tight is because I'm too big for my britches when I'm being judgy. They're, I, I'm squeezing into them. I need to not wear judgy pants. They're too tight. When I put them on, I'm too big for my britches and I need to get myself back into um my proper position as a bond servant of Jesus. So um, can I see fruit in my life and others' lives or lack of fruit? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. And I can read Second Timothy and I can speak biblical truth. Yep, absolutely. Um, but um, I don't want to be overly judgy with my judgy pants. And my brother, in one of his sermons, he's a pastor in a church near Sholo in the mountains of Arizona, um, he said that sharing the truth from God's word is not actually casting judgment. And I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, it's just telling the truth. And so you do want to do that in love. It's Ephesians 4, ooh, maybe 16, uh, somewhere in Ephesians 4, um, speak the truth in love. We need to speak the truth in love. Please, please, please. And how will they know us? They'll know us by our love. So we want to be loving. But God, when he judges each person, and he will, he can deliver a sentence with his judgment. So these are two different things. I can't deliver a sentence on somebody. I can't do it. I can't execute judgment. So I'm not really judging if I say, but God's word says this. Does that make sense? I'm speaking truth. I want to do it in love, but I can't execute judgment. So I'm not judging them. My judgy pants that I put on, you know what that's like, right? That's more behind the scenes. Like, why did they do that? Or, you know, oh my gosh, that really hurt my feelings. I can't believe that. 
that's more of my judgy pants and I need to stop doing that. Again, I'm not enacting um, punishment. I'm not enforcing the law that or my whatever my personal, uh, usually it's when my judgy pants are on, it's just, um, I just need to grow up a little bit. So, uh, but I don't want to do either. Does that make sense? I want to speak the truth in love. I don't want to try to be Miss Judgy Judgy. And I don't want to do that in my own thought life behind closed doors um, after the fact. Like I want to be big enough to just love well, speak truth where the Lord leads me to, follow the Holy Spirit, and not do any of the things that um, that kind of dismantle the value and the credibility of the word of God. Okay, I'm talking long today and I probably need to quit. So, okay, so I keep both these in mind, tell the truth. It's not judgment to tell the truth and I don't have the authority at all to pass a sentence and also I don't want to be too big for my britches and then often um, in my thoughts, they're the most judgy things, right? Judgy pants don't fit me. They're tight and uncomfortable and they're not mine to wear in my thinking, if that makes sense. But telling the truth, I'd better be willing to do that because the Bible has a lot to say about the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him, period. But that's truth. That's not judgment. And in love, I don't want anybody missing out on all Jesus lived and died and now lives again to give to all of us. So that's truth. And when I remember it that way, that's love. When I take myself out of the equation and realize what really matters here, it's always going to be God's glory and it's always going to be other people. Yep. That, that kind of resets things. Okay. Today, my truth telling is really just that the Lord showed me my principle, that my personal principles can be a blockage to freedom, to my freedom and the freedom of others, all because I can so easily and quite literally miss and prevent and fail to receive what God wants to give me, what he wants to give my family, just because I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And why didn't I see it? Because I'm too busy standing on my principles. And it, that can become what I do more than standing on the rock. That is Christ Jesus. So if he says, hey, lady, hey, lady, on your way out of Egypt, go on over to the neighbors and ask for some plunder and they'll give it to you for their gold and, and all the other stuff. They're, they're just going to give it to you. And I say, well, not me. Far be it for me to do such a thing. I don't take what isn't mine. And if I haven't earned that as payment from my own hard work, and I don't even know those neighbors that well, so I definitely couldn't justify this as a repayment that I deserve for all my years of work. Like I'm on principle. I do not do such things as that. Guess what? I'd have been the lady leaving Egypt with nothing, with nothing, without what God wanted to give me. And why? For my principle's sake. So for Jesus' sake, I'm ready to let him do whatever he wants to do with my principles and, um, you know, and some of the things like that I have formed into my principles are, they're so old. They go back before my walk with Jesus, before salvation, and they're just sort of still there, just hanging around. They're not really based on God's word. They're more based on, you know, just this is what we do in our family, X, Y, Z. We do this, we don't do that, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to be about Jesus's sake by his grace. And I hope you will be too. I hope you're blessed today. Um, and I hope this didn't end up being too heavy an episode today. If it was, just go back to the first 15 minutes, re-listen to those promises and, and cut it off right there if you need to. But just know that those promises are for you. And um, you might want to write them down anyway. You know, even if you don't go back and listen, go to Jeremiah 29, 13, go to Psalm um, 86, I think it's 86, 5, head on over to Acts 2 and just read those verses and say, wow, what's here for me? What promise is here for me? You're going to find something. He has so much for you 
just in those three verses. It'll, it'll blow your mind. I promise it will. So make them your own. Claim them and believe them because they are yours. Okay, so just have like the best day with Jesus. And I'll see you back here next week. Um, thanks for joining me. And if some of my summer episodes are shorter, that's because I'm hoping to get some medical stuff taken care of this summer. I might skip some weeks like I've been doing, and I may have some 15-minute episodes um, and have them more spread out, and that's okay. I have maybe, I'm hoping, an opportunity to get some stuff taken care of. Um, got some not super exciting test results this week. I'm kind of like, uh about that, but um, still, is God not good? God is good. So if I if I sound preachy to you guys, can you only imagine how I preach it myself? Yeah, it's it's harsh sometimes. I get I get after it. So all right, thanks for listening. Have a wonderful um, Memorial Day weekend. Take time to remember those who have who have died this Memorial Day weekend. Sometimes we um, only focus on. Uh, military on Memorial Day. I think you can remember your loved ones that all who have died and gone, um, gone from this life. Take time to remember them this week. It's not just a three-day weekend, y'all. It's not. So um, let it be about what God would have you to have it be about. And let's think more about others than ourselves. It's not just barbecue and extra paid day off work. It's more than that. So reach out and connect to somebody who's gone through a loss, maybe. That's a great idea. Um, you know, yeah, don't see how much fun you can cram into the weekend necessarily. Maybe just see, uh, ask the Lord to lead you if there's somebody that could use like a hug or even a virtual hug or a text hug and do that. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now for real. Thanks for being here. See you next time. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.